Welcome to Past Bedtime Talks. This podcast is a production of Past Bedtime Studio where we discuss storytelling, production, a host of related topics, and anything else we find influential in our creative pursuit. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and visit us at pastbedtimestudio.com for more information. I'm your host, Shahab, and this episode is the continuation of our topic, video games. Creating characters is really important thing for writers. And when it comes to writers, there are really good uh, writers that actually made a good stories throughout history of cinema and um, are the world of art. Uh, and today I want to talk about a bit of recommendation for our viewers, uh, our listeners. I'm so sorry. Uh, for the past two episodes, I've been using viewers a lot. So I want to <laughs> apologize to every listener who are listening to us. Uh, so the recommendation part is really simple. I'm going to talk about what I've seen recently and I hope you guys will come and watch it because it's really uh, easy to, you know, to watch, just to enjoy it. Uh, recently, I watched the movie called Inception and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm too late for talking about that movie because it came out on 20, I think 2009, I feel like, like that. something yeah. like that. Uh, and it obviously it starts with Leonardo DiCaprio who doesn't know Leonardo DiCaprio and the great uh, um, the musician who actually made the sound uh, soundtrack for that movie Hans Zimmer um, the movie is about uh, uh, Inception which is dream inside the dream inside another dream and the idea about you know dream within a dream was really uh, intriguing towards uh, uh, towards that uh, idea of fiction and I really enjoyed it but before watching that movie uh, I I was more familiar with the work with Hans Zimmer and specifically the music called Time and I hope you guys all seen it have you seen uh, that video with uh, Charlie Chaplin final speech on YouTube no, no. Oh, go check it out. Go to YouTube and search out Charlie Chaplin's uh, final speech. And that speech... You mean from the movie or is it like another version of it? I'm going to connect it. No, it's another version. But the music is... I'm, I want to... From the music... I'm, I'm, hold on. Okay. So go to YouTube and check out Charlie Chaplin's uh, final speech, which is... Uh, and ch- try to uh, listen to the one with the music time. Uh, it's really good compatible uh, speech with the music, but the music of that uh, of that uh, video is really intriguing because it's from the movie Inception. Uh, the music time is um, for me one of my religious uh, practice. I listen to that every night I uh, before I sleep, and that music was uh, really. Uh, Gave me a lot of elements, a lot of uh, understanding of love, death, destruction, creation. And when I watched that movie that time, it was all that elements of that movie. Even though, even without knowing the plot of that movie, it was really weird and uh, amazing to know um, the elements before even watching the movie. So I really recommend you guys to watch that. It's it's really good way of practicing uh, uh, fictional worlds in a way so what about you Ty have you rec- have you 
Have you recently played, watched, or listened to anything that intrigued you? And would you like to recommend us to watch? Yeah, actually, uh, the majority of my, I guess, fiction consumption lately uh, has been video games, which is not that unusual. Um, but specifically, like, story-driven... Uh, actually, I shouldn't say just video games, but uh, role-playing games. Uh, so not limited to the platform of video games, but role-playing in general, because they're... It's the elements of world-building and the elements of character creation um, in in varying ways. Because sometimes you're faced with... Uh, you're given a character to play and you sort of just do the things that that character is expected to do um, because the game tells you to. It's in the rules. It's in the mechanics. Or you're given uh, sort of free reign... To develop not just the, the physical characteristics of your character for aesthetics sake but also decision making you give your character agency you construct a personality or you just use your own if that's your thing uh, and then you go out and interact with something that either doesn't change it's just the game as they built it or changes within set parameters within the limitations of the platform whether they coded in things to react to you or if the the rules of the game allow changes based on what you do so what's your favorite rpg that you recently played i am a huge fan of the fallout series oh. or, or really just the bethesda twins in general like the the elder scrolls and the mm -hmm. fallout series um especially lately i know some people have been frustrated with the with the increasing size and and scale of sandbox games the way the worlds are so big you can get you kind of lose purpose in them uh but for me that's a huge plus because you get to really uh, immerse yourself in the character you're, you're almost forced to you have to make decisions based on what you think your character would do otherwise you'll just have to do everything uh so that's a really nice exercise in uh in character creation with some structure to it And it's freedom to do whatever you want in, in, in a world, right? Yeah, and that's really sort of... You can tell it's the goal of the creators of the game to make a game where you can do whatever you think of, right? So they make as many things uh, interactive, uh, responsive, and as much as they can, the intent is to make your actions, your decisions matter in terms of how you interact with other um, not even real people, like just NPCs. Uh, non-playable characters uh, and uh, like with the world itself like if you destroy something for example it stays destroyed you can no longer use it nobody else can use it maybe somebody wanted to use it and you're now in their uh, in their bad books or that sort of thing the things that it makes your actions and decisions matter in the long term uh, not in the matter of collecting points or high scores or anything like that just it matters in the world uh, it matters towards the the continuation of your character's story and what about you jeremy have you recently checked any um any recommendation for us um well i mean actually i i wanted to touch on this thing uh ty was talking about because sure uh, the problem with or i guess the situation with sandbox games being huge I've been playing um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 
for the past couple weeks, and the game is absolutely massive. But um, actually, I was complaining about this to you earlier, yeah. Shabi, that that the game feels a bit um, like unfocused, like the story doesn't really uh, flow well, and it feels like you're hopping around to all these like different places throughout the world, and I feel in a way that is a bit immersion breaking. And I think also the problem I have with it, um, I like the fact that they explored um, like conversation paths, but it's very superficial. Like it's not very developed. I find like the the problem is you know there's there's pathways, clear pathways in the conversation that will end it, and the rest of it just kind of gives you information that doesn't really affect anything else. There's no characters that you know, really change their perception of you based on your conversations with them. Not like some, not like Mass Effect, where conversations were very much active and and you wanted to keep talking with these characters because it really influenced the way they react to you. I actually, you know, uh, we talked again, yeah, of course, uh, we talked about it and I mentioned that I feel like it depends on, on what what's your purpose of playing that uh, mm -hmm. sandbox game, like Assassin's, Assassin's Creed Odyssey or even Origin that I've been playing. Uh, it's uh, it depends on whether your your purpose is to find the storyline or is it that you just want to enjoy it as Ty said in in a world you can actually do you have the freedom and you can do exactly what you want it, you don't have there's no points or levels and others but in 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 um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey we talk that you sometimes need to do the progression you need to do grinding mm -hmm. in order for you to pr to to get to that next chapter or next area. Uh, I mentioned that uh, God of War, the game God of War for PS4. That game is a perfect example of open world, which is also a linear in a way, a linear storyline that you have to be focused on going in one story way. And at the same time, you have to be traveling the world around. I don't know how free is that game. I haven't played it yet, but I know that it is a huge world. It has a lot of amazing uh, visual visual aspects of that game is amazing and it's amazingly huge. The good thing and that attracts a lot of people to that specific game is their purpose is to have a story. That's it. They don't really care that much about uh, grinding. So that's what that's why um, God of War would be great for people who want to play uh, like linear single player games. But when it comes to grinding and and the grinding part about video games is obviously the marketing aspect mm -hmm. for developers. They 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 want people to buy, buy pay money to you know grind and like get coins and get supplies and get better like, gear. And yeah, yeah, XP boosts and stuff like that. Yeah, like at the end of God of War, I felt like I felt like I had been on a journey and that the characters had grown and changed over time. I have a feeling at the end of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, nothing will have changed. Mm -hmm. And there will have been like no journey that I felt I've been on. I've been told uh, that that game is not even. Uh, uh, what is the word when you say that two things are connected to each other? There are the continuity. The, there's no continuity between Odyssey and Origin, and then the rest of the series because well, I don't know what was the developers from uh, Ubisoft were trying to do with that game, but it was an idea. And I hope it went. I am, but I'm still gonna play that game. Right. Well, I'm you know, a... the the thing. Um, I guess the example that I would give for my gripe with it was the Minotaur quest, which was mm. amazing. And you know, you go to uh, Messara, I think is the is the Messiah. Island. No, uh, the, the island. Oh yeah, okay. Messara, I think it is called. And um, 
you find this piece to this like the labyrinth basically and um and once you unlock it then it's like oh the labyrinth is open i want to explore it and then it said oh this quest is 11 levels higher than you <laughs> you have no chance of completing it and that is my biggest problem with this game is that oh so now i have to break the immersion i'm feeling to go and grind my yeah, level up to sense. compete against this minotaur so yeah that kind of sums up all my feelings about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up specifically because those are similar complaints to um, to the complaints that uh, Fallout 4 received. Mm. Uh, in that it was really big, really detailed, um, and it has a story. It has an objective that you're, you're faced with right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, it's not even a spoiler. You have to find your kid. Like yeah. You're a parent who's lost their baby. You'd think that would be front of mind all the time um but as soon as you start playing the game nobody else seems to hear you like it's in the dialogue options mm -hmm. you know what are you, who are you you know i'm looking for my baby but it never seems to matter right it always because the game is so focused on giving you stuff to do that's all it does it just gives you stuff to do it doesn't let you go do stuff mm -hmm. right it's and it's a fine line and what's interesting is that just the previous game in the series, uh, Fallout New Vegas, mm -hmm. is totally different while still being in the same genre game. Like, it's almost a smaller version. It's still Fallout. It's still the same existing universe. And yet, it's so different in how it approaches your character's story. Um, it's still open world. You can still go wherever you want, do whatever you want. Um and yet somehow it's more effective at making your interactions with the characters and the world matter in your game. So you basically it, it, it motivates you to, it compels you to go through with the story as opposed to uh, looking for junk to cobble together, you know, mm -hmm. a gun or something like that's not, it's realistic in the sense that if you were in a post-apocalypse situation, you'd have to make your own stuff. But it's not what you want to do right. when, you're, when you're trying to engage with your character. Yeah. If you're trying to drive the story forward, uh, as opposed to being pulled in all these different directions because of all these, these sub-meta games that they throw at you for content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is great um, when you're done or when you have downtime or if you just want to grind, if mm -hmm. that's what you're into. It's nice to have that. Um, but there's something about having your interactions matter, uh, that really makes the game more immersive, uh, over the course of you playing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are some people who just want to play a game just for the game mechanic, right? Just the act of playing a game. Yeah. And I think there are some people who want to experience something more. Fortnite. Fortnite. Sorry. Well, I hate that game. No, Fortnite. 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 Oh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly what you were trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are yeah. the skills and and, and that specific uh, reason that they want to play is that it's multiplayer, so it, mm -hmm. they can do what they want. They're shooting, they're creating and stuff. Um, I just want to mention one thing. I feel like uh, one game that we could all agree, and we none of us have been playing that, is Red Dead Redemption 2, which is coming. And uh, from what I've seen from the videos, is that as much as it's a big... Uh, world every interaction in that game is continuity in that game 
in, in the storyline. So every time you walk with uh, like your character in, 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 the, in the streets of or in the deserts of uh, America and you see some strangers and you just like, you know, steal some things from them. If, you, if one of them survive, their story will go to the t- next town and that those people will actually come and try and hunt you the back. Or if you help a poor p- person in this uh, on the, in, a, in the town and that person, you give them money in the, in, during the storyline, he will come and help you in during your own uh, fighting against other uh, bandits and stuff. So right. it's that's what I really think could help uh, uh, immersive storyline is that every interaction in that game in, in a game can actually help the story to make more uh, more uh, interactive I feel like the inter- more interactive is in the game is better experience you can have with uh, the storyline so it kind of helps in a really circular way well you say that I mean I, I, I see where your point is but I personally have to make enough decision oh. over my uh, daily life <laughs> That any time any game gives me choices, I can tell you that's the reason I haven't played Witcher. I got, <laughs> oh, I got yeah. to a certain point and I was like, I can't make any Witcher more Witcher 3 Wildlife? Yeah. I actually Wild, got it. No, Wild Hunt. Wild, Wild Hunt. Hunt, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just got to, I can't remember where, and I just, well, I can't make this. I, I, I'm making enough decisions. I need to live with the consequences of my decision every day. Might as well. I mean, I go there to be what they call it. Ephemeral, you know, I do something and no one remembers. I don't even remember what I did. <laughs> so, uh, one thing, I mean, we we are really wearing off to that sense uh, to the to the game, uh, video game. I think uh, topics, discussion, but yeah. yeah, discussion. But I'm worried that this is becoming a battle of budgets. You know, who can who is spending more money, making more. Uh, Content, uh, dialogues, dialogue. making a bigger world. Is it? I mean, I don't think you can. Uh, I don't know. I don't think logically, it because an- another uh, problem I have with uh, with these whatever they call it, dialogue-based video games is that if the choice that I want to say wouldn't be there, it will never be there. You can't answer the, a, a question in like five hundred ways. And you can't explore. It's impossible. What I mean is that if they could perfect that, then they probably have a sentient game, which is not possible. Like only only a sentient game, in my opinion, is rewarding enough in a way that it actually talks to you. A game we will never talk to you, at least not in the foreseeable future. So I personally don't really find it interesting. I, well, it, I think it's, I think it's, it's a matter of like having a compelling story. I agree. I think that's what's really important in dialogue-based games. Like I feel like. In something like Assassin's Creed, like all the dialogue is just kind of fluff, and it's just really just to get to the game. Yeah. Whereas, in in something like The Witcher, when you talk to someone, or someone you know, it's actually it's interesting, because this character has all these like, um, interesting friends in his group, and they're all well developed characters. So like you want to hear what they have to say exactly. because they're so fascinating. But in something like Assassin's Creed, none of the characters are really compelling. Even the main characters is like, oh, there's Templars and their assistants. That's it. We'll do whatever you yeah, want to do with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't. I know. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't feel like she's growing at all or doing anything like that. But. Even the idea with the 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 present day and the old time, you know, in Assassin's Creed, yeah, there are the, two 
two timelines that they're trying to tell the story and yeah. one of them when they're focusing focusing on one side of the uh, storyline they they kind of lack on uh, creative part of uh, the present time yeah of the assassin creed thing i think it was pretty interesting in the beginning like in yeah. the very first game you're like whoa it's actually like it's taking place in the future but um i feel like now it's not necessary really for them to have any stuff in the future the intention it just feels like yeah. tacked on a bit they intentionally said uh, that uh, they will be not focusing much about the present day even in odyssey well yeah. after uh, black flag right I'm sorry. No, after the Assassin's Creed Three, and then Black Flag became just a player in 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 um, present day, which right. was weird. But what about Fallout? Like in Fallout, does the, the dialogues really matter? Uh, what would it affect your game that much? That's one of the interesting differences between uh, Four, and I I can't speak on Seventy Six because I don't know yet. But on between Four and New Vegas, the pre- the previous one, in in New Vegas, yes. Your dialogue choices matter. Um, because, again, you're building a character for the world. Like, it's it's going to matter. You, you make alliances that matter now and down the road and in random interactions. Uh, there are things that you can only choose once. And then that decides whether you're going to have something or not have something. Uh, have access to something or not have access to something. Uh, it determines what kind of character... You are so you have to decide who am I playing as. You you can try and play as yourself, right? So this is a game where the dialogue options are vague enough that you can find something approximate to what you would say, like a hard yes, hard no, soft yes, soft no, and a maybe <laughs> type thing. Um, whereas you go into a game like uh, Fallout Four, where you have the same kind of dialogue options, but it doesn't really matter what you choose except for the next five minutes. <laughs> whether somebody's going to try and kill you or not. Yeah, there's no long game, right? There isn't. Even your even the factions, which are, are like a, a long time Fallout and Elder Scrolls thing, don't matter at all um, in Fallout 4. Like, you can befriend people, and all it means is that they won't kill you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's it. It's, there's it. no depth. It's not... And they might give you quests or something. It's It's almost always game mechanic based. exactly yeah it's, so you can really play it like a game as opposed to playing it like a role-playing game right which yeah i think you want to play it at least i wanted to play fallout 4 because i thought the world really interesting and i wanted to like you know be a character in that world but it's just you know too much of the game is getting in the way i think is the problem right yeah but um another thing that bothered me about that game was the lack of vaults like between like three and four play that mobile game then there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of ones <laughs> yeah oh that's fascinating what but, was it called uh, uh shelter shelter yeah Follow shelter but it like in three it felt like there were there were so many vaults to explore and uh they all were different like they all had different stories and they were all set up as like different test chambers for different things like one was musician based and one was you know for different scientific experiments and Fallout 4 didn't, it only had like, I don't know, four vaults or something like that? Five, maybe? Yeah, and again, they're just like places with people that will either give you stuff or kill you. Yeah. That's like, it's very binary in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to recommend every, uh, all our listeners to try each games and the movies we mentioned in this podcast. It's really fun for your, if you have a free time, you, I would really recommend you to try and play and watch this uh, content that we mentioned.
And now let's talk about uh, the nostalgic part of video games. What was your first video games you guys played? Uh, I'm going to start with you, Ben. Uh, what was the first game you played back in childhood? And like, what was oh, it that ensured? Oh, actually, I do remember. Do you? It was you have Snake. Oh, Snake. Okay. The, and, and Nokia. Knockoff. No, no, it was way before there was some knockoff handheld. Uh, Game Boy console. Advance. It was not. It was. It was some knockoff. I don't like know. No one just played Snake. Right? It was. Ju- it just had Snake and uh, and Tetris in it. It's right. Pretty terrible. Oh, oh, I know the black and white ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't that, know what that was, was the it first too. thing I, I ever played. Uh, but I can't. I can't remember. I mean, I know what what it probably was. You know, uh, I can guess. Mortal Kombat pro- probably was one of them. Get over yeah. here. I love that. <laughs> you know Mario why? I, I know exactly what Mortal Kombat you're talking about. The one that uh, the characters were actually the real people, but they were uh, like, take, like they took picture from them. And then every time they move around, it's like mm-hmm. the real like body was motion, moving. Yeah, yeah stop yeah. motion action thing. You know that they actually cut each other's head off for some of those scenes. <laughs> <laughs> they really... <laughs> then I cried a lot. Turnover that time. was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why some of the shots are different people. <laughs> too many extras. Cut, cut. Too, many, too many heads and spines. That were after around. they cut the, the guy's head, they realized that, oh, we forgot to shot some of the, like do some of the shots. Yeah. So they had to bring someone else. It's so gruesome. God yeah. damn it. Uh, my favorite and uh, amazing game that I tried was PlayStation. No, it was actually Sega, but I had Sega Genesis, my first console mm-hmm. ever. And I played really weird Ro- RoboCop uh, Sega game. I was playing. It was weird, and I it, I have vague memories about that. But one game that I actually hooked me up really bad was PlayStation One uh, Crash Bandicoot. So mm. I remember what was the game I first played. Go it ahead. was Doom, and I was I think oh really five, four at seven. I can't. Oh, remember. I was terrified. terrified. Yeah. Oh, I was so terrified. Same here. First one, right? Yeah. Very first one. Wait a minute! No, it was Prince of Persia, and then Doom, because no, I know no, Prince, Prince of Persia, Persia was so old I can't even remember. Okay, where I bo- it. am I right or not? Did you play and play them on PC? It was on DOS. It wasn't on DOS. Old, yeah. okay. old, 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 old yeah. yeah, that one I know. I know. I, I played both on PC. It was so it was so long ago that for like twenty years I didn't even know what's called. I went to someone's house. They're like, "Oh, look at this!" They just brought it up. Had no context context for it. Ben, you're gonna be surprised. Uh, I think two years ago, I actually thought about the same game, Prince of Persia, the, the really version. And it's so easy to find it right now. You actually can download it and play it on your. You probably can no make no need it for emulation. Right yeah, in like five minutes. It's easy. <laughs> it's like making mine uh, mine sweeper. Um, what about Doom? Because you know when you're talking about Doom, Doom was the only game that actually. M- Made uh, was the first game that actually gave the idea of 3D uh, was it movement. The first, but yeah. one of the earliest ones. That I don't know if it was. The, yeah. the, the creators of Doom was actually first people who actually started the movement from uh, the 2D games from uh, 2D to 3D. And then the GTA Grand Theft Auto started. I life. think someone's going to hack us just oh, because of that claim. <laughs> like, I'm already making this claim right a, now. Committed a sin, a sin, a sin, you know? Like, I think that is, that is true, though, because that was the big deal be, be behind uh, like ID games and uh, Cormac and all that, that whole crew, is that Doom really revolutionized gaming because they invented... Three like moving through a three D mm-hmm. space, yeah. Uh, despite like the real hardware limitations, 
of the time. Like, and they, they made a new engine for that, and then they, were, they needed more RAM to be able to run over the engine for uh, having a 3D model. Mm. Uh, and I feel like not only Doom, but then also even the first uh, Grand Theft Auto game, even though we were, it was kind of a... The viewpoint top was down. Uh, top down. That one also was kind of a 3D. Uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah, like sort of, because idea. it was, yeah, the, if you could mention, like, see the difference of the cars around. But, yeah, you're right. The, the Doom started, I, I was right, I'm sorry. They revolutionized the 3D, in, into the 3D world of game, video gaming. Yeah. Uh, talking about my video games, thank you, Ben, for interrupting me. I love it. <laughs> Is that uh, Crash Bandicoot, yeah, on PS1. That game was... I uh, I get punished by my parents a lot for playing that game uh, for a week in a row, like no no nonstop. Like I always keep playing it <laughs> with my brother and then alone and then with my cousins. My and that's why I got super excited when they uh, remastered the first three games for Crash Bandicoot. I'm imagining you sitting behind the uh, behind the console and your your brother comes into the room and he's like it's a fast motion he leaves someone else comes in they leave just pile yeah. of garbage Have, yeah. next to you <laughs> and you then said, your yeah. eyes are just become more t- <laughs> and then your parents are beating you at the that's end that's why I'm I ha- I'm wearing glasses <laughs> it's because of Crash Bandicoot it's like the, the Homer Simpson watching TV yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everything is happening behind it yeah pile, garbage pile of brand new <laughs> my first game was was Super Mario. Oh. The first Nintendo. Yeah. I never had a console until I think I got one secondhand, but I'm sure I played it for the first time at my cousin's house or something like that. Um, yeah. It's in, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I've noticed, uh, I think me and Ben, we can more uh, ag- agree in this point that kids in North America or in the Western world, side of the world, mm-hmm. You guys were more into Nintendo uh, video games, especially uh, Mario Party games, uh, Smash Bros. And these games were how you guys started. But for us, uh, we more got into um, into PlayStation side of video games and, and many other. Yeah, because it just took, the, took, took it that long. Yeah, it was hard for... Uh, developers who send us the games apparently <laughs> but nintendo never sent any game you don't you don't find any nintendo game in in uh in the in, in middle east or in oh, our bootleg. side of the world i think everything i played but boot- i didn't even know it's called nintendo for so long. i know no it's just some bootleg freaking like right <laughs> i don't know what the console was called the game boy was there though i remember yeah but there were a lot of but other we were not too. yeah true there were a lot of like i remember seeing cube oh gamecube 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 oh, gamecube, GameCube. Like in 2002 or something. No, really? Yeah, GameCube was like 2002. It was so 2002, but yeah, uh, the way it worked for uh, developers was that they literally pour everything that they were it was second-handed from mm-hmm. uh, the companies to us. And then we had PlayStation 1, GameCube, Game Boy Advance, and then Game Boy Advance Color all in one hand. And what was the cheapest thing to buy? Was Sega Genesis. Out of all that... It was a soccer ball. Soccer ball. <laughs> it, it literally... It was soccer ball, like, buying it. No, but, like, all of that with, plat- like, uh, uh, devices, uh, they just was Sega Genesis to buy it during that time. True. Yeah. And then, yeah, mine was... I feel like you had the Sega Genesis too with that. What do you think, Ty? 
I'm curious, uh, since you started with Genesis, which was a little, I think most North American households knew, or the kids certainly knew about Genesis, but in terms of market share, like Nintendo blew it away and then yeah. carried on while Sega just faltered. And... Yeah. But like, I'm curious, comparing the, the flagship Sonic for Sega compared to um, flagship brands like Mario or the Zelda franchise... Like, it's curious that it didn't take off in the same way in pop culture, the way that especially Mario did. They're both side-scrolling platformers with fairly thin storylines. Yeah. Uh, you know, the character-changing thing, like the Yoshi, Luigi, and then you have, like, Sonic and Knuckles and uh, mm -hmm. the other one. Uh, Tails. Tails. Tails, yes, that's the one. The Fox. Thank you. So it's, they're very similar, uh, and yet one took off and one kind of followed and i'm curious if, the like, shadows of the other one yeah and it's, it's not really clear to me what like what caused that because they they were side by side all through the 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 nintendo and then the sega and then the super nintendo the sega genesis and the game gear and the game boy and then all of a sudden it just kind of fell off right for sega well, I think, um, I mean, obviously Mario was around a lot sooner than Sonic was. Mm -hmm. And I think Nintendo was just more ubiquitous, too. So I think those two things combined probably had a lot to do with that. I mean, more people probably had Nintendo consoles mm -hmm. than Sega Genesis. And Mario was also, everyone who had an NES or an SNES had a Mario game for it. So I think Mario just had the advantage of being there sooner. You know, I have the exactly same curiosity as Ty. Um, uh, for me, the moment I got introduced to internet, I got in, I got uh, familiarized myself with the the idea the the characters Mario and Nintendo the company itself. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, I had no idea what was uh, Mario, and I never experienced playing that game. What I was experienced was uh, uh, Sonic and Sega uh, Sega to be more around me, and then. Digimon around them, and then if not even Pokemon, that's my other another argument, and I will talk about it later. But yeah, so I never had any experience until I actually use internet to understand there was two different. So, I, f I in my opinion, I feel like it was marketing uh, aspect of uh, developers that they couldn't uh, send out the, the devices to all around the world. Mm -hmm. Like for my, for us, it was more into. What was the cheapest? So the cheapest was for us Sega Genesis. So we got more introduced and faster introduced to that. Um, so two things I think based on that. I, I don't know. The, the, I can say the one that was easier to bootleg was probably the one that proliferated better. Number one. And number two, a big portion of this is establishing the franchise. So it's not just one channel of communication. Uh, game is part of it. There's uh, Then you need to... It's, but it's not enough. You need to, let's say, Pokemon, which is, I think, the perfect example. You have to... Uh, the, then, the, like, the game, actually. You can play the game. Mm. Then there's a TV show, and there might be movies. And just keep some... Like, uh, they keep it up. You are completely bombar bombarded, and um, kind of you can get immersed in the, fr in the franchise, in the merchandise, mm. and uh, in the whole universe. If they can't establish the universe... I don't know how much how successful they can be. Ma Mario for me was one game. I, I you knew about Mario game when you were a kid. Yeah, definitely. How uh, how did you know and I didn't I know? I realized that our <laughs> CR, C, CRT, uh, cat, cat, whatever, array okay. TV, can pick up my neighbor's 
uh, transmission. So I could like tune it to a certain oh. uh, frequency and watch the the game on my. So I could, for a while I couldn't even I didn't even know which one of my neighbors is playing it. But I could just t- tune it into the channel right. and then if they were playing it I could watch it. So that's how I played watch. You know I I, I was uh, I was a hipster. I watched game <laughs> other people play video games before it was cool. Do you <laughs> remember? There wasn't even any YouTube. Around. Do you remember the co- a channel called Game Network? It's same as Cartoon Network, but it was Game Network, and it was in 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 Germany, and it was only in the language German, and 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 you we, we wouldn't understand anything. But every game they played was, uh, like mech. You know the mech. Uh, mm. uh, this robotic mix uh, fighting each other. They showed that game and most of the... Uh, um, what is it called? That was a really important game and it got really bad. It was a killing game. Oh, I forgot the name of that. But anyway, so they were showing only PC games and they never, they never showed any other uh, like uh, platform uh, games around Nintendo, PlayStation or Xbox. And mostly it was on PC games. And... I had my experience with that. That's what it was weird that I'm seeing, uh, uh, not understanding any single word from them at the same time. Like, oh my god, look at that lasers! That's just fun. <laughs> I wish one had them. It's kind of like watching unboxing videos, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's kind of oh. the same feeling. Like, like you get to like live vicariously a little bit. Secondhand <laughs> like, excitement. What's gonna yeah, secondhand excitement. Exactly. <laughs> That's why Twitch is actually getting recognized because. People are watching uh, streaming uh, video games. So you remember the idea that one time uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel was making fun of people watching video games and uh, he got backlash and then suddenly uh, some uh, YouTubers, they went to his show and explained to him why people are watching video games. Because consumers, you you don't have to exactly sit down and play yourself. You can also see other people playing video games while on the internet and, mm. and and i feel like that aspect of even watching same as in like opening um uh, is also one way of consuming it but it has a different effect it has a different uh, experience rather than playing the game itself right it's not just you're not really just watching the game though when you're doing this you're watching the people playing the game yeah right especially now which like too Right, because all the popular channels, well, I mean, I'm not a huge follower of these things, but the popular channels that I guess have enough fame for me to, to know about them have a character behind them. Like the person mm-hmm. playing the game is has a, a large personality. There's something unique about them that people choose to watch them play the game as opposed to watching somebody else play the game or playing the game themselves. Um, it would probably be pretty boring to just watch a stream of just the game without seeing the person reacting to it, right. commenting on it. It'd be like watching sports without commentators. Yeah. You could, uh, but it'd be less engaging. Yeah. Um, so it's probably a large uh, reason it's so popular now. It's because you get to observe somebody doing something uh, where they're emotionally engaged, so you can sort of latch on to that. Mm-hmm. I feel like even... I agree with you, Ty, and I feel like that's why eSport got really serious at the moment like now we literally can come and say that people can play video games for as a sport and you can consider that as a sport and you can actually get work visa for that from that um 
Last time I checked, it was uh, either League of Legends or was Dota that had the prize for the winner in their tournament was like around five to six million dollars. You cannot like it, it's it's interesting to see how much we came up that we can now uh, win a lot of money prizes and actually consider playing video games as a sport. In so it's a like, full time job. It's a full time job, I mean, and it's small. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom, but I had to say it. <laughs> but it, I don't know. I, I, I like it. It has its own people, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can be the person who would uh, play video games as a, as a job. It, it, it is for some people, but it's not for me specifically. I, I can easily say here that I get tired of playing video games after half or one hour just getting bored of it because it's just a routine. But those people who actually like do esport right now, they have to play video games four hours per day just to be like you know all um, what do you say all like ready uh, with the new strategy, new plans. It's exactly like football, American football. You have to remember the plays and stuff like that. Well, it's about the skill of it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Not so much the playing experience. It's about kind of the the level of skill. It exactly. Takes. Right. But the meta game is also like taken very seriously at even even at competitive not even professional but just competitive levels mm-hmm. uh, i guess the game i've been playing that's not a story driven game at all is overwatch it's a mm. team-based game mm-hmm. and just the distinction between the casual players who are like pop in play a few rounds whatever like a, a pickup game of a sport basically mm-hmm. compared to the people who are playing competitively who are watching their ranks who are maybe aspiring uh to play at an esports level there's a game outside of the game like people strategize on paper like compare like down to like statistics very scientifically the best way to play the game right not just the most fun way to play the game it comes down to uh, the same level of uh of detail as uh, any sports science in a physical sport right yeah and i mean you have to be someone who appreciates that kind of detail when it comes to something skill-based you have to be tenacious and want to like play it at a really high level. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who just want to play it for enjoyment, and that's fine too. But uh, yeah, would you? Want, you yeah. just want to crush your enemies. That's, yeah. that's the type of <laughs> people who really, uh, I think, thrive. No, but yeah, I guess the um, uh, the com- anything after like any. That's what money does. You monetize. If there is money behind something, people will compete for it. So it can't even be thought uh, uh, thought about the other way around. Same as UFC. I don't want to go there, but mm-hmm. you, would, you. Okay, moving on. Do you want more? Just like no, no, ten, no, 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 no. Just one more, one more minute. I just want to add one part. Uh, ben, so would you uh, join eSport ever for playing video games? Me, I. First of all, I don't think I have the reaction time. To, like, I, have you seen how many times those guys click for a second? Oh. It's crazy. Sometimes I think they, they, they just play because they just click because they have to click. Some kind of OCD. <laughs> um, but I personally know. I, I, I sit behind the computer as it is enough already. And all of my joints and neck and everything hurts. <laughs> That's pretty much the, my biggest question. How, ca- how long these guys last? It's pretty taxing sitting behind the Mm-hmm. Some so of these long. teams actually have fitness plans for their members that yeah. they have to adhere to, so that they don't become all these crooked, you right. know, basement dwelling creatures that people think of gamers <laughs> as. 
<laughs> All right. Thank you guys for uh, joining me today. This is episode of uh, Past Playtime Talks. Hope you guys uh, to see you guys next time. Thank you to our listeners uh, for listening to this p- episode of pod- uh, Past Playtime Talks. And hopefully to see you guys on the next episode. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolute pleasure.